Hi, my name is Tracy Coral, and welcome to Indispensable People. I'm a wife, mom, teacher, pastor, and missionary, and I believe that every person should have the opportunity to know Christ, grow in Him, and serve Him with the gifts that He has given, no matter their ability. Over 65 million Americans have a disability. That's 25% of the population. However, over 80% of them are not inside the walls of our church. Let's dive into those hard topics, biblical foundations, perceptions, and world-changing ideas. Welcome to Indispensable People, and today we're going to jump into the book of John, and we're going to look at chapter 9, verse 3, and we're going to answer the question, why did God make me this way? I don't know about you, but the question why has been built into me since I can remember, and I'm a mom of three kids, and let me tell you, as soon as they could say why, I'm pretty sure it might have even come as a look before they got to the point they could say it. Why was something that they wanted to know all the time? And I grew up in a house that, listen, (laughs) the why most of the time answer was because I said so. And I grew up in that kind of home and I decided that I wanted to be able to answer that why to my kids, right? I know that you wonder, what are you doing? Why are you doing it? How are you doing it? Why, 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 why? and some more whys, right? And I think it was once described to me that when we give children the answer to why, we help them to build deeper understanding. We give them problem-solving skills. We develop curiosity and ways and thoughts to dig deeper into what they know and they understand. And I believe that our God wants us to dig deeper, to understand him more. And I think that he has answers for us that he's not holding back on. And so I want to jump into this scripture with you because I think God has an answer for us that we wonder all the time. Listen, as a parent, we have um, thoughts or ideas of what our children will be like. Um, As an educator or someone who works in different fields with other people, you have thoughts and assumptions, expectations of how people will be and what they'll be like. And then whenever they're not, we want to understand why. Well, God gives us an understanding and a picture into his why. So John chapter 9 verse 3 says, Jesus answered, It was not that this man sinned or his parents, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. This scripture speaks so highly of the people that God created in his image that we have to go deep and dig into the understandings of why was this question even asked? Well, in our last episode, we really dug into Leviticus and we looked into the possibilities of what separated us from God, just like the priests uh, that were separated from being able to offer uh, 
in in the sanctuary, in the altar, and we said that it was the sin problem that separates us from God. Now, the problem with the priests was that perfection is not something that is possible. So we really had to look at, so what's the answer to that? And we were able to dive into the fact that Hebrews talks about Jesus as our high priest. And so he is our answer, right? He is the bridge to God that brings us to him. Sin will always be a separator, but we can approach God even in our imperfection on our, in, in our path to sanctification. And so John 9, 3, again, it says, Jesus answered, it was not that this man sinned or his parents, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. So I just want to dig a little bit deeper into this. One way of looking into a scripture deeper is looking at the different versions of scripture. So I read to you from the English Standard Version, but the NIV the end part of John 9, 3 says, but this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. Very similar to the English Standard Version. But then the New Living Translation says, this happened so the power of God could be seen in him. Furthermore, uh, the King James Bible says, but the works of God should be made manifest in him. So it's just different, deeper words that, power displayed manifest and it's that's not negative is what I, is what I'm trying to point out to you you see a lot of times you're like why did god make me this way what did i do wrong and this scripture starts from the base that says listen this had nothing to do with sin it's not connected to the sins of others it is so that God, the glory of God, the power of God, God in you. Because remember, we go back to the beginning in creation and we are told that you are created in the image of God. So then you go back to where it said in the King James Bible that God should be made manifest in him. The word manifest means clear, obvious to the eye or to the mind. So this is a display, which goes against a lot of what we think of when we think of people with disabilities. Now, our current culture is not a hidden culture of people with disabilities, but many years ago, it was a hidden culture. And here's the thing. This scripture is saying, this man who was born blind that is being spoken of in John 9, he is not to be hidden. He is so that God's power, he can be manifested. He can be displayed in him. That just switches so much of our shift in our perspective. It really goes against, if you're my age, I'm in my, I am 40. I'll be 41 very soon. If you are in my age, our growing up experience 
is not that of our kids today. Our kids today are growing up with kids who have special needs right in their classroom. It's not a big deal. They have aids or assistance or just uh, some accommodations or whatever might be made for them. But for my generation and the generations before that, this was a hidden thing. So God gives a direct explanation of why this man born blind was made that way. And it was so that God's power could be seen in him. So it could be displayed so that it could be manifest. Oh, I do have a word of caution. Now, did God go and cherry pick and go, you get a disability and you were, we're talking Oprah here, like you get a disability and you get a disability and you get a disability and you get a disability. Listen, that's not the case. That's not what we're speaking about here. We are looking at a God who created people in his image. Psalm 139 tells us that they were knit together in their mother's womb, that um, he knew the days they were ordained in his book. There is a careful consideration, but we live in a fallen world. And the fallen world is where disability comes in. It is the imperfection that is there because of the original sin. So it's not that God says, I'm just going to put a disability here and I'm going to put a disability here and I'm going to put a disability here. It is due to the fallen world. However, I want you to also know that we do serve a sovereign God. So there is nothing that happens that he is not aware of and that it does not pass through his hands. So we live in a fallen world. That's just a part of it. We do serve a sovereign God who knows and does and chooses all things. But what the scripture tells us is that God uses all everything, the good things and the bad things, and he uses all of them for his good and his glory so that his power can be seen, so it can be displayed in others. And we go back to um, that that scripture in Exodus 4.11, where we've talked about this before, where Moses is like, hey, God, you're asking me to do something and I'm not good at it and I don't think I can do it, but you're asking me to do it. And here's all the things that's wrong with me. And God says, listen, who gave you a mouth? Right? Who made you? Who created you? God's asking him. It's kind of funny. Because God's saying, I am the one who knit you together. I know everything about you. How is it that you think that I don't know about what you're telling me already? But God is so good. He listens. And then he confirms in Moses who he is and that he has control. In a response from John Oakes in evidence for Christianity. He talked about John 9. He also talked about Exodus 4.11. And he said, in the final analysis, God did create a world in which deafness, blindness, and mental deficiencies, birth defects, cancer, and death itself are a part of reality for human beings. 
He said, we could fault God for not creating us as perfect physical specimens who have zero suffering. In all sense, all blindness and all death is God's quote unquote fault. However, I believe that we are created by God so that he could love us so that we could love him and one another. Eventually, we all will die. None of us gets out of here alive. He goes on to say the basic issue is sin and forgiveness and our eternal destiny. Whether one is blind or otherwise handicapped as a big of a deal as it is for us in our lives, this is not the key issue for God. God can and does use suffering and all our response to suffering for his glory and to help us to come to know him. It says, I don't believe that God individually struck the man in John 9 blind, but that he used the situation for his glory so that the man could come to know him. And that's exactly what I believe. I don't believe that there's a God that stands up there and says, you get a disability, you get a disability, you get a disability. Again, it is a result of a fallen world. And in that, We serve a God who loves us so much that no matter our ability or disability, that he will use the situations that we are in for his glory and so that we could come to know him. So why, why, why did God make you this way? You see, it doesn't go back to the simple, he made you this way. But here's what he does do. He comes to you where you're at. And if you are not fully convinced as of yet, I want you to hear Isaiah 45, 8 through 10. It says, shower, O heavens, from above, and let the clouds rain down righteousness. Let the earth open that salvation and righteousness may bear fruit. Let the earth cause them both to sprout. I, the Lord, have created it. Woe to him who strives with him who formed him, a pot among earthen pots. Does the clay say to him who forms it, what are you making? Or your work has no handles. Woe to him who says to a father, what are you begetting? Or to a woman with, what are you in labor? You see, God spoke these words through the prophet Isaiah regarding the specific prophecy of Cyrus. It was a future ruler of Persia who would eventually allow the Israelites to return to their homeland. And this is asking, it's, it's, it's again, kind of goes back to that comical question that Moses is, is being asked by God, like who made Who made you? Who gave you this mouth, right? It's going back to like, you're the clay, okay? And God the Father, he is forming you. Do you say, hey, what you making? You forgot the handles. What are you creating? Right? It gives us these almost silly questions, But they're not silly to us, right? They explain who we are and why we are who we are. And so this goes back to knowing who God is, knowing his character, knowing his love and his kindness for us. That he's not just up there, you know, 
again, going back to that word willy-nilly, assigning, you know, this one that, and this person that, and another person, oh, you can have this, and it, it's not that. We live in a fallen world. We live in a world where our weakness becomes God's place of strength. It is where his power can be seen. It helps us to draw to him and it helps us to know him. So why did God make me this way? Why did God make you this way? Why did God make your son, your daughter, your niece, your nephew, whoever you think of when we ask the question, why did God make this this way? Now listen, woe to him who strives with him who formed him, a pot among earthen pots. Does the clay say to him who forms it, what are you making? So in a sense, who are we to question our God, the one who formed us? I love the part of Psalm 138 that says, the Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. Your steadfast love, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the work of your hands. Jesus is the potter. We are the clay. He knows his plan, right? The potter doesn't just throw the clay down and go, eh, we'll see what comes up, right? They have a plan. They know what's coming. They know how to work with it. They know the texture of the clay. They know the thickness. They know how wet or how dry it needs to be. They know how fast the wheel needs to move. All the intricacies of everything that works together to make the, 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 the clay form into what is necessary. And why is it necessary? Because God, you have a plan. You have a purpose. You will use each and every one of your creation to accomplish that plan and that purpose. Just think of that purposeful intention that God had for your life. It wasn't, oops, I forgot that. Oops, I didn't do this. It was purposeful intention, uh, just like the potter and the clay. So remember that as you think or work through your why. Why is a hard question. Why goes deep. But God is good to answer and to give us an insight into his creation and what he's doing. We know and serve a great God. Do I know everything about disability ministry? Do I have all the answers? Have I done everything perfectly? I have absolutely not. But we are going to continue this conversation so that people of all abilities can have the opportunity to know Christ, grow in Him, and serve Him with the gifts that He has given them. Join us on our next episode where we're going to talk about the five men and how they got that guy through the roof. We'll see you next time.